The show you love with even more local, local news and more local talk. talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome to the Mike Douglas Show here on this Tuesday afternoon on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here, your personal concierge for conversation. And much to converse about, don't we, this particular uh, Tuesday. And, of course, the the big headline is the leak of the Supreme Court in Washington, D.C., the Supreme Court decision apparently written by uh, Justice uh, Alito that uh, would basically reverse the Roe v. Wade decision But I think as we look at that, one of the things we have to recognize is it does not, as a lot of people are spinning it, uh, do away with abortions in the United States of America. However, you uh, you seem to approach that Uh, the the actual issue is that the Supreme Court, if in fact they wind up voting to approve uh, this particular uh, draft of the text, uh, that it would basically return the decision to the states. Now, of course, here in in California, they're already making preparations to uh, make sure that if, in fact, the Supreme Court does come down with a majority decision to reverse uh, Roe v. Wade, that uh, California is ready and uh, willing and able to provide abortions by amendments to its own constitution. So we will be monitoring that. A, a, couple, of, um, a couple of thoughts on uh, the Alito opinion, and, and I, I, just, I just want to give you a few of these uh, because uh, we want to get to um, an interview, if we can, here very, uh, very quickly. I have a few initial thoughts. Number one, whatever the Supreme Court of the United States of America was, uh, whether real or imagined, whether real or through perception, it is no longer. That's my opinion. Whatever the Supreme Court of the United States was in reality or in terms of perception, it is no longer. I think there's some permanent, if not damage, at least alteration of our perception of the Supreme Court that has happened here. And I think uh, that may last for a long, long time. Uh, Part of that, I believe, is because the mystique of the Supreme Court has been pierced. It uh, and and this is uh, a lot of commentators are saying this is the first time they've had a leak like this. There have been leaks before uh, from the or within the Supreme Court of one way or another. So I don't know that it's totally unprecedented, but I I do believe that in today's world where information comes at us from a bazillion different, uh, different ways at, at the same time that there will never ever be the the sense that the the Supreme Court is impenetrable. It it always, I think, has for many of us been that one federal institution that 
certainly there are different viewpoints uh, on the Supreme Court, but essentially in terms of it being compromised, we had hoped that it would remain solid, that it would remain somewhat impenetrable. Uh, I think that is gone now. I think that is gone. The, the mystique has been pierced, and it, it is now, I think, forevermore going to be tainted with, and the reality is, it is to a certain uh, degree political. It is. We know that. Uh, but I think the, the mystique surrounding it is gone. The sad reality, I believe, is, is that the United States culture and this is what I, I think this points this out, that, that we in the United States and our culture, we cannot have a spin-free, honest discussion about abortion, about Roe v. Wade. It, it is one of those situations now where it is the cancel culture on steroids. It is a matter of having to shout down the other side and totally destroy it rather than trying to understand why the other people believe what they believe. We are in the same country. We are going to have to deal with this uh, together. But uh, I, I don't know that we can have that conversation anymore. And, and as you listen to a lot, of the, uh, a lot of the spin that's happening right now, a lot of the reactions from politicians uh, in states as well as in the, the federal government, I think we are destined to just be shouting at each other uh, from this point on. Uh, by the way, there's a uh, an interesting uh, news, breaking news item here from uh, KRON4 News in San Francisco. Apparently a man who called himself a pro-life Spider-Man has been taken into custody after climbing the Salesforce Tower in San Francisco. A pro-life Spider-Man, and I think that's probably uh, although he being pro-life, he and I probably believe some of the same things. But these are the kind of actions on on both sides that that create the problem in communication. We just are not communicating with each other. We're doing outrageous things, saying outrageous things. And, uh, and, and that's one of the, the huge problems um, involved. Earlier today, uh, Jonathan Turley. Now, uh, Jonathan Turley, some of you may be familiar with him. Uh, he is a uh, attorney and professor of constitutional law at George Washington University. He was being interviewed, as he often is, on, on Fox this morning. And here is uh, Professor Turley's overall assessment of this leak and its impact. Most of us thought that even though this city is renowned for leaks, there was one place that was a bastion of integrity and, and confidentiality and yes, secrecy to allow deliberations to go forward. That's been shattered and it's gonna change the culture of the court. Uh, but they are gonna pursue this individual or individuals with a great passion. And uh, I think he's right. There is going to be, uh, they are going to pursue this with uh, with a great passion. And I think the the Chief Justice John Roberts now is going to have a um, a moment 
in the spotlight where all eyes are going to be on him and uh, people are going to be wondering what uh, uh, it's going to test your mettle chief justice how are you going to handle this well let me give you uh insights uh into that in in just a moment he um issued a, an official press release uh, this morning, and there's a preamble to it. It says, yesterday a news organization published a copy of a draft opinion in a pending case. Justices circulate draft opinions internally as a routine and essential part of the court's confidential deliberative work. Although the document described in yesterday's reports is authentic, it does not re- uh, represent a decision by the court. That's key. It does not represent a decision by the court or the final position of any member on uh, the issues in the case. I think that's key. And then Justice Roberts said, to the extent this betrayal of confidences of the court was intended to undermine the integrity of our operations, it will not succeed. The work of the court will not be affected in any way. I don't know about that. Maybe the work of the court but I think the perceptions of the court and will, will be changed. But not, not to argue the point, he, he continues, We at the court are blessed to have a workforce, permanent employees and law clerks alike. By the way, they get four law clerks, I believe, uh, per uh, justice. Intensely loyal to the institu- institution and dedicated to the rule of law. Court employees have an exemplary and important tradition of respecting the confidentiality of the judicial process and upholding trust of the court. This was a singular and egregious breach of that trust that is an affront to the court and the community of public servants who work there. I have directed the marshal of the court to launch an investigation into the source of the leak. Well, quite a few questions, quite a few observations I have surrounding this. And in just a few moments, we will get your input on that as well and and open our phones. Before we do that, do you have a house to sell? You're thinking about it when it comes to selling your home. I think you need an expert, and mine is Dan Phipps. Good reasons right now to sell. Prices are up, inventory's low, and the future interest rates are uncertain. So, with the rapidly changing home prices, are you worried about leaving money on the table? Well, call the agent I trust. His name is Dan Phipps. Dan's proprietary marketing system guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours for full market value, or Dan will set it for free. He'll sell it for free. His home selling program designed to maximize your sales price. You're in complete control, and these terms I love. No long-term contracts, no required costly repairs. You pick your move date, and Dan can even find you a new home before you move. Warren and Modesto had a rental house. He was ready to take advantage of the hot market and cash out, but his priorities were getting the highest price possible. But he also didn't want to inconvenience his tenant or have to spend a lot of money fixing up the house. A tall order, but not a problem for Dan Phipps. Warren says in days, Dan sold his home for thousands more than updated houses nearby. So call Dan Phipps. Dan is the man I recommend, and I would hire to sell my own home. He's the only agent who guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours or it's sold free. Call Dan Phipps, 209-840-6378, or go to danphipps.com. That's Dan Phipps with three Ps, D-A-N-P-H-I-P-P-S. 
Com. We'll open the phones at 209-551-3483 in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. On air and online, take the Mike Douglas Show with you with the iHeartRadio app. Search 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Of course, the big news uh, coming from last night, um, it it really was a a marathon session, wasn't it? Uh, The news kept uh, pouring in. The comments kept pouring in uh, all night. I was back up around 3 o'clock thinking thinking through all the the ramifications of this. I think we need to remember this. this particular opinion, it's a draft, and while it may be at that time, and again, it was written, what, back in, in February, I believe, uh, while it is or was at that time reflective of a draft of the majority of opinion, uh, the final vote has not been released yet. Now, whether they're putting that on the fast track or not, we don't know. But uh, we that that remains to be seen. But the big point is, it's it's a work in progress. It is not a final decision yet. Now, let me ask you a question because this is one I think journalistically that needs to be grappled with. And and Politico was the entity that apparently received this leaked uh, document, which uh, has been verified as um, coming uh, as the uh, majority opinion for the Supreme Court on this particular issue. was Do you think Politico was responsible and ethical? Were they responsible and ethical in publishing that leaked draft? A couple of ways we can look at this. You can say, well, Mike, any journalistic entity, any good reporter would have published it. Hmm? Really? If, if we know that it's a draft, if we know that the Supreme Court will come out with the opinion shortly, and, and we're probably looking at, what, maybe next month, maybe July, was political was politico ethical and responsible in terms of publishing that at this time being that it's a, a leaked document what do you think do you support politico's uh, position on that or do you think politico was irresponsible unethical i i think there's uh, some good points uh, arguments on both sides of that our phone number here 209 209- Five five one three four eight three two zero nine five five one three four eight three. One of the the things that I think is is going to be part of the fallout from this every every action right has a reaction. I think part of the collateral damage from this is it's going to present us with a further erosion of ethics. In our culture, and and again, I think there was the perception, whether it's just a perception, whether it's it was the reality that the Supreme Court was one of, if not the last bastion of uh, the rule of law, constitutional law, 
the ethics behind handling this very valuable thing called the Constitution. I think now that that mystique has been pierced, I'm, I, I, I think we're going to see even more uh, unethical behavior by journalists, by federal agencies. We, we've already seen that, haven't we? An unethical conduct, conduct within agencies that at least I used to have great faith in. The FBI, you think back to the FISA uh, warrants and such. You think back to a lot of things that the FBI said was true and uh, it wasn't. So there's been an erosion of ethics there at the upper echelons of the FBI. I'm not painting everyone, the, the line gals and guys that that do the work on the streets every day, but certainly in the upper echelons of the FBI, lies occurred. And that that creates that erosion of trust in, in federal government. And again, you would think that the Supreme Court of the United States was a place where we could, uh, we could still rely on that trust. Now, John Roberts, I think uh, this, this is going to be a test of his mettle. That's going to be a test of his mettle. How is uh, he going to handle this? So for, for right now, apparently he has said through uh, the press release that I looked at that this is being immediately handed over to the, um, the marshal of the Supreme Court. Did you know there was a marshal of the Supreme Court of the United States of America? There is. Her name is Colonel Gail A. Curley. And she serves as the chief's, uh, the court's chief security officer. Also deals with uh, administrating uh, issues with the facilities, contracting executive, manages about 260 employees, including the Supreme Court police force. Did you know there was a Supreme Court police force? Hmm. Yep. It provides security for the justices, court staff, visitors in the building and surrounding grounds. So the uh, apparently uh, she is tasked with now trying to untangle uh, this web that uh, now faces us as uh, as a country, uh, according to um, Jonathan Turley. There's going to be not not so good uh, future for the the person who leaked this again here here are his statements here once you give a false statement to an investigator like an fbi agent you're now in the realm of the criminal code that's why that moment of truth is coming for whoever's the culprit here they are very likely to be interviewed in a relatively short time by the fbi and at that point this can change dramatically now, so the issue here, a lot of people have been asking, I've heard a lot of questions asked, is this a crime? It is, a, is, is it a criminal act uh, for someone? And right now people are saying, well, it, it must be one of the law clerks. Well, it could be one of the law clerks. Could it have been one of the justices themselves? I, I'm just asking the question. It'll be interesting um, to see how uh, what what the inve- investigations find out. So, uh, Dr. Turley's point is that there really is no criminal act here. What there's an ethical, there's a breach of ethics, 
the criminal issue would come into play if the person who did it is being interviewed by the FBI or another federal law enforcement agent and lies. That then is a crime as uh, Dr. Turley pointed out. So on the face of it, it is not a crime, uh, certainly unethical, but uh, when, it, when it comes to uh, the final analysis and the investigations, and we'll see how that all uh, come, comes to the surface, uh, but I'm, I'm wondering if that person will say, yes, I did it as part of the plan. Were they intent on leaking it, and then if they are found out to freely admit it? I would imagine that some television news organizations from the mainstream media would uh, would hire that person and and make them a star. And and so I'm I'm thinking it was this part of a plan. Was it one of the Supreme Court justices themselves? Who allowed this to happen? If not directly, uh, did they permit it to happen? We don't know. But it will be very interesting to see what the FBI uncovers and what the marshal, uh, Colonel Gail A. Curley, is able to find out as well on behalf of uh, the Chief Justice Roberts. Well, we'll talk more about this. We'll explore some other thoughts coming up in five minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas Show. Now, weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Take the Mike Douglas Show with you every weekday from 3 till 5. Download the free iHeartRadio app and follow 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. We're exploring the implications of the leaked document. Uh, that apparently uh, was written as a draft by uh, Associate Justice Samuel Alito of the United States Supreme Court uh, regarding uh, Roe v. Wade. And this would, if if the Supreme Court indeed, in their final vote, uh, issues uh, the public decision that uh, Mr. Uh, Justice Alito's majority opinion is in fact the result of the final vote, then basically the question of abortion is going to be returned to the states. And several states, including California, are preparing for that by looking at creating uh, constitutional amendments or other types of legislation to make sure that uh, if that happens at the Supreme Court level, that uh, their states are prepared to make sure that abortion is legal under whatever terms they um, they happen to uh, put into the uh, legislation. Let's find out what you think. 209-551-3483. Here's a question for you. You think this is really about Roe v. Wade, or are there ulterior motives involved here? 209 551 Three four eight three. Let's go to the phones. Ed from Lodi has been patiently waiting. Hi, Ed. Welcome to the show. What's your, what's your take on the leak that that leaked last night? Well, good afternoon, Mike. Um, first of all, um, I think it's a shame. I think this is uh, this is not good news. No matter what you want to 
believe on this this particular thing. It's really sad when um, an institution like the Supreme Court is is compromised. Um, it's a I think for sure whoever leaked it did something that was not only unethical but perhaps illegal. And um, I, whether Politico uh, should have done anything with it, I think for certain. It is unethical and, and perhaps possibly illegal too, because this is a sort of a confidential thing within the government. I don't know, but what political could have done is they could have said we have a source that has leaked what we what we know, and then let that be the story and hold on to it. Because the only reason why they would leak this the way they did is to cause controversy and i think obviously it's probably um i don't i don't i can't speak for all of their things but uh i have a feeling they are uh, pro roe v wade wade and um, i think this is just one of those things to stir up the country personally i think the supreme court made a mistake by waiting this long to take care of it i think if they made their decision in february or whatever they should have just come out with it then and i think maybe now they should just come out with it and do it now because it's not going to get any better stewing on this thing and i I think a lot of unethical things have happened in this case um i also think it has very little to do with abortion although abortion is the litmus test uh here i think it has to do with just their their constant calls for let's pack the court because that was that was the cry and then people were there already so i think people even knew before it was announced i i i have a little bit of doubts when it comes to um schumer and those guys it seemed like they were all ready to go with this and uh so i don't it didn't catch them by surprise and um i think they're all about trying to to create new states and add Supreme Court people so that they can keep their their uh, monopoly of power that they think they should have. So I think this is a, 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 a bad thing for democracy and our, our republic. And um, anyway, I just I think that the next move has to be it has to come out who did it. And whoever did it is going to have to have some answering. And I hope it's not a I really hope it's not a justice um but if it is law clerk i think they ought to be disbarred i think it ought maybe they ought to just completely get rid of all the law clerks get a whole new fresh set there's some things they need to do and i also think the secret needs to get in there and protect these guys because they're supposed to be aloof from this political stuff but right now they're probably going to feel threatened so that's there's a lot yeah, on the good, table right now. Good analysis, Ed, and, and thank you for the call. Appreciate that very much. Good good thinking, as, as usual, from Ed from Lodi. I, uh, and and I'm, I'm getting back to your, uh, your comment, Ed, about a question I raised is, uh, was it ethical for Politico to publish this? And then they published uh, apparently all 90, 97, 98 pages of it. Uh, I, you know, the, the fact that th- th- this was not something that was going to be hidden, uh, this was something that was going to be made public one way or the other, it was in process. And to take something that was in process that is that has this type of gravitas attached to it, I think was uh, irresponsible, and w- which then leads me to wonder, Ed, like you, are there other motives? Uh, are there other motives afoot? And I, I also agree with you. And I hope, I really hope 
that there is no Supreme Court justice that was behind this. Uh, and I think you're right. If there's toxicity in the uh, in the law clerk's uh, room, then uh, remove them all. I, I'm sorry to say that, but I think it's only a one-year gig, right? Uh, remove them all and start over again. Now let's go back to the phones, area code 209-551-3483. We'll go up the road a piece to Stockton. Hi, Barbara. Welcome to the show. What are your thoughts about the leak? Hi, Mike. Uh, I was wondering, uh, this copy that went to Politico, uh, could could, uh, they subpoena that copy, you know, to find out uh, where it came from? Because, you know, the FBI is very good about tracing where things came from. So if they could find out uh, if they had a copy of the document that went to Politico and it was examined by the FBI, they could have some inkling of which uh, road to follow to find out perhaps where it came from. And then that way they could find out who uh, worked in that department or how uh, they got it. They would at least know what area it came from. Yeah, I think uh, that's the, and I think that'll be part of the forensic uh, investigation, Barbara. Thanks for the call. Appreciate that, uh, Barbara. Wondering uh, about the the forensic investigation here, what that will reveal. Uh, they have, uh, and I looked at it online. It looks like they scanned uh, the document and and placed it for all Americans to see. Now, whether there's anything in that scan, Barbara, I don't know, but I, I suspect that, well, I hope, I'm saying I suspect, I hope that the Federal Bureau of Investigation and uh, the Marshal of the United States Supreme Court will do everything possible to uncover who this was. I hope it's not a conspiracy that involves other federal officials. I, that, that would be, I think, the ultimate discouragement, uh, totally. And I, I think I agree with uh, Ed as well. Whatever they do, do swiftly, <laughs> do quickly. I think that would benefit, uh, benefit the country. Back to the phones, 209-551-3483. John from Brentwood, what are your takes on this issue today? Definitely unethical. I don't believe it could be illegal. Um, and I look at it from the point of view is if this were, say, a hot-button issue, being on the right side of the aisle, if this were a hot-button issue that was leaked out of something that was going to be overturned or something something dear to us, I'm glad that it got leaked out and we kind of... Yeah, John, your uh, your phone's your phone's cutting out a little bit. Uh, give, give us your last yeah. thought or two there again. Yeah, um, if this were a, a, a right-sided hot-button issue that was released, I think people's opinions might be different. Because I know I would be happy if something were to be you know were released that they were, the left was getting ready to do that affected something that was dear to me. Mm. Um, and I think this was done and released to help sway the election in 2020 because they realize how bad everything is going. If they can, you know, paint the Republicans as wanting to get a Roe versus Wade, that could increase the, the turnout. Definitely. Most definitely in November. 
Yeah, John, I, I have a suspicion, and it's only a suspicion, but I, I will agree with you. I I have a suspicion that this has ulterior motives behind it, and it has a lot to do with misdirection. Uh, focusing our attention on this while the November 2022 elections are taking place and we get everybody behind the abortion issue. Uh, so to that degree, I, I would I would agree, agree with you, John. Thanks for your thoughts. Uh, good, good, good take on that. I think uh, let's go back to the phones again. Two zero nine five five one three four eight three. Tony from Modesto. What are your perspectives on this? Uh, how you doing, sir? Um, well, I'm uh, one of the local government teachers here, and uh, one of the big perspectives that I got is that. A couple of the callers have talked about it possibly being illegal. Um, it's not illegal per se. It does follow, uh, fall into the category of unethical. And if it were a law clerk that uh, did leak this information, they would be disbarred, which to me makes me kind of think that it might uh, kind of flow more towards one of the justices than the law clerks because when somebody goes into that position to be a law clerk they're thinking that they might be able to wear one of those robes one day or be an attorney general or possibly be a president of the united states and you could look at that by the resumes of a lot of our sitting senators and even some of the big news pundits that kind of cut their teeth in the national political scene by being a law clerk in one of these situations. Um, one thing that I found interest or that I find ironic is that this coincides with the last case that uh, Justin Stevens hears before he retires. And this is protecting Roe v. Wade had been one of the defining characteristics of his career. And there's a point of speculation. I was wondering if it was possible because he's so late in life, because it is the end of his career, and because it is something that he's seen as part of uh, one of the pillars that he's tried to uh, really protect over that career, the, the possibility of it being him over a law clerk or over a different justice is very interesting to me. That You know, that's um, uh, interesting. Uh, other Interesting speculation, uh, Tony, and I, I have heard that from others. Uh, and you're referring to Stephen Breyer, right? Who's uh, retiring out? Yeah, uh, yeah, sorry about that. yeah, no, 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 that that's fine. Stephen Breyer, and I, I hope again, I'm hoping that is not the case. I think you know, a couple ways to look at that. One is, hey, I'm retiring. This is my last hurrah, and uh, I'm going to make it count for the team. The other is. Hey, I'm retiring, and I want to. Ha- I want to leave well, and this would not be leaving well. So I think there's two uh, two perspectives there, Tony. Not 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 sure what's uh, what's true. Of course, before I let you go very quickly, do you have any thoughts about the ethical issues involved with Politico publishing it at this time? How do you how do you view that in terms of Politico's journalistic responsibility? Well, Politico has been more and more of a left wing paper since the well uh, the 2015 when we started to leave the Obama years and the 
2016 with the disinformation campaign and the releasing of the Hillary Clinton emails, Politico was one of the big papers that were outed as being like in league with the Hillary Clinton campaign for releasing statements from the Clinton campaign as though they were points of fact for the Clinton campaign to point back to these are stories that are being released. So, like, in that sense, this is kind of par for the course for Politico. In terms of uh, things being leaked from the Supreme Court, uh, to my understanding, there's been two other cases of leaks of the Supreme Court in the last 50 years, and they both have to do with Roe v. Wade. Now, both of them prior to were leaked by the New York Times, and both of them were internal memos that had to do with the number of votes that, and the justices that were planning on voting both for Roe v. Wade when it was initially heard and then later on when it was reheard. Uh, so Politico, where I think the big unethical thing is, is that knowing that this is just a draft and knowing that the Supreme Court goes through multiple drafts before they come to the final decision and that not every justice that even vote that would vote to overturn Roe v. Wade would necessarily agree with Alito's position or that Alito would be the principal writer of the majority opinion. Like we don't know if this is a concurring opinion. We don't know if it would be the majority opinion. We don't know, like, which justices would have signed on with it. We don't know what the dissent would be. And then it has also been practice of the Supreme Court that they can change their vote up to the day before the official finalized opinion is released. So in terms of unethical, it's deeply unethical, and it puts Justice Alito in a position where he's, like, singularly in the eye of the kind of crazy people in the world that might look to harm somebody in this position. Like yeah. it doesn't, like, when a majority opinion comes out that is unpopular, you have five other justices or four other justices that are also going along with that opinion. And this one really puts Alito out there by himself. And like, that's, you know, something that I think is, very, very unethical for that paper to do, but also kind of par for the course for how they've been working to help the Democratic National Committee and getting folks elected in the last seven years. Tony, uh, great point, and uh, I'm going to say, as uh, since you're a, a teacher, uh, that I'm I'm guessing your students are very blessed to be under your instruction. Good, good topics there, uh, good thoughts, uh, well. Uh, I don't know how much you researched it, but you have a wealth of knowledge there, and we appreciate that very much. Great comments uh, by Tony, and uh, we'd, uh, we'll go ahead and take yours as well in about three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show, 209-551-3483. What do you think about California's reaction to this? Expected? 209-551-3483. Mike Douglas Show continues in three minutes here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. You're listening to the Mike Douglas Show, the voice of the valley. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. 
And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. We've been having some excellent discussions about the leak of uh, just Associate Justice Alito's apparent majority of opinion written, I believe, back in February uh, that has now been leaked out before the official final uh, public announcement of the Supreme Court vote uh, on this case has has come to um, come to an official light. No, uh, this document was leaked to Politico. Again, this is a draft, uh, apparently, of a majority of opinion, uh, majority opinion written by Justice Samuel Alito. There have and, and Tony uh, had some excellent background here. Uh, it's obviously very well read. Obviously, a good teacher as well, and. Some other excellent comments from uh, John and, and Tony, Barbara, and, and Ed. Some some good thinking today. Uh, I think Tony uh, brought up some previous uh, leaks, and, and there have been some. Uh, I think he, he referenced uh, 1973. Uh, there were... Uh, there were some leaks there. Uh, Time Magazine's David Beckwith, I think it was, reported on the outcome of Roe v. Wade before the decision was published. But at that time, because the magazine was a weekly, his scoop arrived hours, just hours before the decision was made public. So there wasn't a whole lot of, of damage there. Uh, in the late 70s, when I was studying journalism, ABC's Tim O'Brien had maybe six scoops on on rulings. And there have been uh, some other similar leaks uh, as well. Um, and you, and some of them go back to the 18, what, 1857 and the uh, Dred Scott decision. There were some actually uh, some, some leaks on that as well. So it's not that there have never been any, but I think this particular one is that the timing of it is so interesting, right? I mean, the primaries, the primaries are coming up on June 7, at least for those of us in Stanislaus County, the general election, the midterm coming up in November 2022. What a great act of misdirection if, in fact, that was the idea, if that was the plan. It, it, it's probably going to succeed. It's going to have a lot of people focus on abortion and Roe v. Wade instead of the economy and... Russia, Afghanistan, you name it. All right, we'll talk more in five minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The show you love with even more local news and more local talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. Welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. We're heading into our number two. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation as we get our second hour going. Of course, the big news for the past uh, oh, almost 24 hours now has been the uh, leaked document uh, apparently written by Associate Justice Samuel Alito of the U.S. Supreme Court that basically indicates the Supreme Court at the time that he wrote this, and I believe that was back uh, 
couple months ago in February, maybe. The Supreme Court was going through the the process they go through of writing opinions, sharing them with each other, and then preparing to announce probably next month, June, maybe, maybe July, maybe sooner at this point, uh, a final decision on the the abortion issue, if we can put it that way. And uh, but because of this leaked document going to Politico, uh, that has triggered a, a lot of uh, collateral damage, I guess I would put it that way. A lot of questions. Who leaked it? Was it a law clerk? Was it one of the justices themselves? I'm hoping that was not the case. Hoping it was not the case. And just a reminder, here are the justices. Chief Justice John Roberts. And then we have the associate justices, Clarence Thomas, Stephen Breyer. Stephen Breyer, of course, is, is retiring. Samuel Alito, who wrote this particular uh, opinion that appears to be uh, at least the draft of the majority opinion regarding this issue. Uh, Sonia Sotomayor. Elena Kagan, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett. And as a few of our callers, uh, I think uh, also Tony, our last caller, uh, pointed out that the justices have the freedom to change their minds up until the time that a final vote is taken and their decision is made public. So it does not mean that this is set in stone. And again, I think one of the questions is, regarding Politico's ethics. I believe Politico acted in an unethical way. Was it illegal? Probably not. Probably not. However, I think it was highly unethical in terms of journalistic integrity, especially knowing that the Supreme Court was going to come out with the decision in a month or two, most uh, most likely. So we've been talking about the uh, the ins and outs, the possible ramifications. Again, my my thought is the Supreme Court, whatever it was, real or imagined, it is no longer. I think there will be some irreparable damage uh, to its perception, anyway, of invincibility and of its uh, ability to stand as an impenetrable fortress. In the, uh, in the in the processing and opinions of law regarding the the process we go to uh, to examine what the Constitution is about and whether the issues that are before the Supreme Court violate the Constitution or not. Uh, again, our phone number here. If you would like to add any comments to uh, all of that, two zero nine five five one three four eight three. 209-551-3483. I want to look very quickly at uh, the response of, um, of California. And uh, Governor Newsom, here are his quotes. This draft opinion is an appalling attack on the rights of women across this country. See, we, we can't, the spin is always there. We, we can't just logically. It is not an attack on the rights of women across the country. Please, make it balanced if you're going to say that, and it's not. This draft opinion is an appalling attack on the rights of women across this country, and if it stands, it will destroy lives. Huh. I see. So a, a decision that protects the lives of 
babies in utero, and depending upon your interpretation of things after birth, they apparently are not of value in terms of rights. Do they not have rights? Huh. Do uh, do those little lives destroying their lives, is, is that not considered? No. Uh, he says it will destroy lives and put countless women in danger. Well, who's lives are he's talking about i guess he's right if he's intending to say it's going to destroy the lives of uh, the fetuses but I, I doubt that's what he meant he goes on to say it will be the end of fundamental fundamental constitutional rights that american women have had for nearly 50 years again an inflammatory statement not a lot of logic or proof behind it he said this is not an isolated incident and it is not the end we have a Supreme Court that does not value the rights of women. Huh. Let's see. How many uh, women are on the Supreme Court right now? One, two, three. Hmm. And there's a woman who is vice president of the United States of America the Secretary of State in California is a woman. I don't know, Governor. I I don't buy it. I don't buy it. He says it won't stop with choice and the right to privacy. They are undermining progress and erasing the civil protection and rights so many have fought for for the last half century. I'm furious that my own daughters and sons could grow up in an America that is less free than the one they were born into. Governor Newsom says, we have to wake up. We have to fight like hell. We will not be silenced. Well, that's that's true. As long as you have the supermajority in California, you can say whatever you want to say. And then uh, there was a, a triumvirate that met. Uh, the state Senate uh, President Pro Tem Tony Atkins from San Diego, Assembly Speaker Anthony Rendon, a Democrat from Lakewood, and Governor Gavin Newsom got together, and they issued this combined statement. California will not stand idly by as women across America are stripped of their rights and the progress so many have fought for for they get erased. We will fight. California is proposing an amendment to enshrine the right to choose in our state constitution so that there is no doubt as to the right to abortion in this state. We know we can't trust the Supreme Court to protect reproductive rights, so California will build a firewall around this right in our state constitution. Women will remain protected. Here, you have any thoughts, any reactions to Governor Newsom's uh, response there and uh, the one that also included uh, Senate President Pro Tem Tony Atkins and Speaker, Assembly Speaker Anthony Rendon. Any thoughts? Again, that, that type of rhetoric leads me to believe that maybe this wasn't all about Roe v. Wade. What do you think? You think it's maybe about November 2022? Our number here, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. By the way, this is not the only Supreme Court uh, decision. Of course, the, the decision isn't final yet. That's one of the issues. We have to remember that they're still in process. However, what has been announced 
that the city of Boston, according to the Supreme Court, I'm I'm so much surprised about this. They say that Boston violated the First Amendment when it told a local organization it could not fly a Christian flag in front of City Hall. Now, you may say, well, what's with that? Why would you fly a Christian flag in front of City Hall? Well, the issue is that apparently uh, various organizations were invited or are invited uh, to fly their emblems or their flags along with um, the flag at, uh, at City Hall. It's very interesting. Uh, the commissioner of Boston's property management department said, nope, nope, can't do the Christian flag because it's religious and it would violate the Constitution's establishment cause. Well, organization called Camp Constitution and its director, Harold Shirtleff, sued the city of Boston, saying it vo- violated its free speech rights. So apparently for years, Boston has allowed private groups to request the use of the flagpole to raise flags of their choosing. See, this is the issue here. This is the issue. And uh, Justice Breyer noted uh, that the city did not deny a single request until 2017 when they uh, denied this particular uh, request. So the issue is that other organizations were invited to fly their flags but they denied this Christian organization the right to fly its flag. And basically, they said Boston cannot discriminate based on different perspectives. And so um, apparently, uh, Justice Breyer said, Boston concedes that it denied Shirtliff's request solely because the Christian flag he had asked to raise promoted a specific uh, specific religion. Under our precedence, that refusal discriminated based on religious viewpoint. And then Samuel Alito, who is again in the spotlight, says, denying Shirtliff's application to use that forum constituted impermissible viewpoint discrimination. So there you go. That's what's happening this week in the Supreme Court. We will get more of your reactions to all of that coming up in three minutes. Here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's more with the voice of the valley, Mike Douglas on Power Talk 1360 KFIV and streamed on the iHeartRadio app. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show, talking about the leaked document, the draft of apparently the majority of opinion, uh, majority of opinion of the Supreme Court regarding the whole issue of abortion, Roe v. Wade, and an apparent overturning of that decision. We don't know for sure yet because the Supreme Court hasn't voted, but somehow Politico got a hold of that draft of uh, Alito's, Justice Alito's, uh, apparent majority opinion. That looks like the way it was going in their process anyway. That's what we're talking about right now at 209-551-3483. Let's go back to the phones, find out what you think. Ken from Modesto, what are your thoughts today, Ken? I got a couple of them. Number one on that leak, you know that that was political. Somebody got in there to do that just to steer everything up. But this, Now, here's a question for you. If a man can be charged with manslaughter or murder in the second degree, if he gets in a car accident with a pregnant woman and the fetus dies, how can they justify abortion? That's a lie here in California, by the way. Yeah, give it to us again, Ken. Uh, okay. 
if a man gets in an accident with a pregnant woman and it's his fault, a, he could be charged with manslaughter or murder, depending upon circumstances, if the fetus dies. Okay, I got Yet, you. Yeah. Abortion is legal. <laughs> yeah, I, well, Ken, I think... <laughs> I think it's a good illustration, and it's one of the uh, inequities of the whole discussion. Uh, r- really, uh, really amazing to me how we can compartmentalize uh, so easily, and and not and and again, your point is one of the things that that we need to bring up in these discussions. But we're unable to have the discussions uh, in in today's world because it, you know we, each side wants to destroy the other. But you, you bring up a, a good point. Yeah, yeah. I if he certainly could be charged with that, and yet if the woman decides to abort the fetus, um, right now anyway, it's a, it's a protected right. Yeah. So I I agree with you. I I think there are ulterior motives. I don't think it's really about. Uh, Roe v. Wade. I'm talking about the leaking of it. I don't think it's really about Roe v. Wade. I think it's about the uh, upcoming general election. Ken, thanks so much for your call. Uh, great, great thoughts there. Let's go uh, out to one of our favorite cities around here, Oakdale, and let's talk to Christine. Hi, Christine. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Well, hi, Mike. I just wanted to say that I think one thing that's not mentioned very often is, oh, pardon me, the heartache and regret of women who have had abortion. And I think some of this uh, discontent and things like that are part of their efforts to justify what they have done when they realize just how terrible it is. Yeah, I think, uh, Christine, that that gets lost in the conversation. And uh, I think there are just a, a lot of pat responses from those who are pro-abortion uh, to that. But you're right. I, I think, and, and, and again, this comes down to, Christine, the ability to talk about these things rationally and reasonably and respectfully and, and to really listen to what the other person is, uh, is saying. You have a great thought there, Christine. Thanks so much for the call. From Oak, the cowboy capital of the world, right? Do that. <laughs> okay. Christine, thanks so much for the call. Good uh, good point. Our uh, phone number here, 209-551-3483. Let's get in one more call before the bottom of the hour, and we'll go back to uh, Modesto Nancy. Nancy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Michael. Nice to uh, listen to your show. Um, I just can't resist. <laughs> Um, saying something about this whole issue. First of all, I definitely agree that it, this is political, all political, that the the uh, coming to light of this uh, justice's, uh, you know, uh, summary. Anyway, uh, I just think there are so many things that um, are misstated as far as what we hear on other shows, and that is, of course, that uh, the states, and the people in the states uh, will be able to decide if they are pro-abortion and go right on with their pro-abortion. I mean, their pro-abortion uh, ideas, and uh, so they're not losing their rights. They're giving other people rights to speak up too that might disagree with them. Another idea too that I feel strongly about is that 
a baby is a baby, is a human being as soon as it is conceived. And the idea of killing a human being should be abhorrent. And uh, especially, I mean, it's no good time ever. Uh, perhaps if there really is a case of the mother dying, I, I don't know about that. But the other thing is this late abortion. Um, children are, are being killed when they are viable. They are ready to be on earth living. And there are many, many people. I have friends, many, several actually, friends of uh, mine who have adopted children because they were not able to have children. And without those children to adopt, then they wouldn't have children. So there are just so many, and we, so many people forget God's uh, place in this whole thing. Uh, he did not make us so that we could kill each other. That is not in his plan. So that's my feeling about this. Thank you. Well, well articulated, Nancy. Uh, th- thank you so much for the call. We appreciate that. I think uh, po- so, some of the substance that, that Nancy brought up is that, and, and I think uh, Christine uh, touched on that too in her call just before, we are unable to articulate and when I say we, I'm talking about both sides of the issue. We're either unable or unwilling to listen to the other side to at least understand why they believe what they believe. Uh, and, and, and I think that's inherent in, uh, in the response that I read from Governor Newsom. It's inflammatory. It's uh, highly one-sided. Uh, it is uh, is setting a, setting up a straw man or a straw fetus so he can knock it down, and it, it's not a it's not a legitimate discussion of the issues. As Nancy reiterated here, and I think good reminder, Nancy, we re- need to remember this. If in fact this is the decision of the United States Supreme Court, ultimately, if uh, if Justice Associate Justice Alito's opinion is the majority of opinion, and the majority of the court does wind up supporting that opinion, then abortions—it's it, not that it outlaws abortions, and and that's what uh, they're not saying, but they're intimating uh, those who are pro-abortion. They're not being honest about what this is saying. What it's, what it's doing, what it would do, in effect, is put the decision-making back on the states. And I think a lot of things need to be put back with the states and taken out of the federal government's purview. Uh, this is education. I think the educate the the federal edu- department of education ought to be shut down. Let's save some money there and leave it up to the states how they want to approach things. Uh, we've lost this whole concept of the founders about states' rights. And if California wants to uh, do a, its own constitutional amendment and uh, and make abortions legal and invite people to come and and such, well, so be it. But that's California's decision. Texas may have another way of of looking at it, and so on. So, uh, good good points, all. Thank you, Nancy, for your call. We'll continue with more in five minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show, Power Talk thirteen sixty KFIV. The 
Mike Douglas Show. Now, weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. 1360 KFIV is your place online. Let's get social with Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Thank you so much for being part of the conversation. Great calls today, well thought out, and uh, some of you well read on these subjects. We so much appreciate your information and your perspectives. The whole point here is uh, we want to be live and local and provide you with the opportunity to have your voice be known. In, uh, in terms of being able to talk about many of these issues that face us directly right here in California's Central Valley. So my role to be your concierge for conversation as we proceed through discussions on these various issues. I've uh, got one or two messages coming in. Uh, one of our listeners, uh, we were talking about the fact that the FBI is apparently involved in attempting to find out who leaked uh, Justice Alito's draft uh, majority opinion. And uh, one of our listeners <laughs> sends a message uh, investigated by the same FBI that investigated the Hunter Biden laptop. Hmm. Uh, good, good point. Very good point. And uh, Sean writes in problem we have today is that there's one group of people who think they are above the law because they don't agree with decisions like this. They feel they have the right to do whatever they want. I agree with you, Sean. It's time for them to suffer the raft of breaking the law and violating ethics. Then and only then will we see this type of insanity stop. I think uh, one of uh, embedded into Sean's points here is the issue of deterrence. Deterrence. We cannot just leave it up to the kindness of everyone's clavicle to do the right thing. No. Since the Garden of Eden, uh, humanity has shown that it is susceptible to the dark side of things and that evil is, uh, is a force in our world, has been since the beginning of human history. And so to counteract that, it is necessary not just to have laws, uh, which, and basically, if you if you uh, boil it down to its essence, law is constraint upon behavior. Constraint upon behavior. Well, the law is no good, really. It is ineffective unless there are consequences for violating the law. Choices have consequences. That's a, that's a truth. That's a reality. And I think one of the problems, and and I thought about this as I was reading Sean's message here. One of the problems is that in so many ways, at so many levels of our culture, we are removing consequences from decision. What deterrent does this person who leaked this decision or, or this draft by Justice Alito, what deterrent did that person have it's going to be very interesting to find out what the motive was. And many of you have called in today, and, and you suspect that the motive is political, that it, uh, the, the leaking of the draft is not so much about Roe v. Wade. It's about trying to 
uh, intimidate perhaps the court into a different decision, or and or it's about trying to sway the 2022 general election in not too many months in November. And how would that happen through this? Well, it's through misdirection. We'll get everyone all uptight about abortion again, and then they'll ignore other things like uh, rampant out-of-control inflation, our inability to uh, control the southern border. It's all misdirection. And I say that as someone who has, uh, has worked as an illusionist in, uh, in part of my lifetime. Uh, misdirection is a key part to that. You get people's attention centered over here on something that grabs their attention, and then you're doing something totally opposite direction that helps complete whatever uh, the goal is. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what the uh, what the outcome is. Um, our uh, good friend Bob, uh, former FBI agent, uh, he he is uh, also weighed in saying that the FBI agents will get the information, uh, and he's thinking maybe that the AG is hiding it. Hmm, that's interesting. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens. All right, thank you again. Thank you so much for your thoughts on this, and uh, we'll uh, we'll open the phone lines again at two zero nine five five one three four eight three. Again, I'm I'm curious, uh, and and we'll we'll keep this uh, keep this topic out there for just a couple more minutes. What do you think about politicos' role in this? Did they act irresponsibly? Did they act unethically? Or should a journalistic source immediately publish something like this? Again, I think if it's something that the government was trying to hide, that's one thing. Supreme Court's not trying to hide this. They haven't come out with the decision yet. If it's something that uncovers diabolical things in terms of criminal activity that's being done in secret, yes. But that's not what this is about. This is about a process that happens all the time. And the the tradition of the process is that we keep the process secret until the final vote is taken, the justices make their final decisions, and then they present that to the public. And, and to me, Politico was irresponsible in, in that this wasn't a cover-up. All they did was they derailed the process and possibly contributed to an attempt to intimidate intimidate. Supreme Court justices into perhaps reversing their decisions, which which brings up another question. Do you think this will cause any of the justices who uh, initially were aligned with uh, Justice Alito's opinion, do you think it will cause them to back down? John Roberts, I never know. I never know about John Roberts. he's, He's just been a disappointment to me personally, over the years. We never know how he's going to go. But I'm assuming that probably Clarence Thomas, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, 
Amy Coney Barrett, at least, were probably aligning with Justice Alito's position here. I don't know that for a fact. I'm guessing. The question is, will these justices? I doubt Clarence Thomas will. I think Clarence Thomas is should be a Hall of Famer, so to speak, in terms of being on the Supreme Court. I think this man's willingness to take the hits he has taken and to be firm about where he stands and to speak logically and not inflama- in, a, in an inflammatory way is, is admirable. Well, let's go back to the phones, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. We'll go up the road a piece to Stockton and Anthony. Anthony, welcome. Uh, what are your thoughts today? Well, thank you for taking my call, first of all, Mike. Thank you so much. Um, basically, you had mentioned earlier in the last 10 minutes that you're always looking for kind of that middle-of-the-road opinion uh, on an issue, and maybe you can find that, 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 you know, find a way to close that chasm and that divide between the two sides. And, you know, I'm a moderate, independent voter, and so I've always kind of always found the middle of the road. And let me just say, as I, you know, on one side is that I am vehemently against abortion 100% uh, from a moral standpoint. Like, I, I, it's not something that uh, I myself would ever choose. Um, but on the other side of the coin, I've never believed in really trying to legislate that behavior from a safe standpoint um, for, for the woman. That being said, I also believe states individually i don't believe you have that this should be decided federally i think it should be a state-by-state thing we have totally taken powers away from from the states politically um and i believe if a woman lives in texas and she wants to have this procedure she should have to travel number um to a state that that allows it you know number one number two i do not believe that a 16 year old girl should be able to have this procedure done without the consent of her parents not her older sister, not her best friend. I think the parents need to be involved 100% because on the off chance, a parent decides that they either want to help raise this child or go through the adoption process, that can deter somebody from making the decision to terminate a pregnancy. I also believe that the father, whether he's 16 or 60, should be involved, not maybe in the decision-making process, but at least to lend emotional support because unless this woman is a complete sociopath, she's going to need emotional support after this procedure is done. So my, my opinion is we shouldn't legislate behavior at the federal level. I think it should be a state-by-state state thing with a lot of caveats in place uh, to protect uh, the life of the child. Well done, Anthony. Well laid out. And uh, I would uh, have to thank you so much for the call. Appreciate it. It sounds like you're on the road there, so drive, drive safely. Uh, I think Anthony uh, articulating his position very well. And uh, I, I, I agree with him. I, I am, as and, and some pastors are not. So you, you can't just take a broad brush and say all pastors are anti-abortion. They're not. Uh, as a pastor, I am. Uh, I, I am opposed to abortion as a method of birth control. And so on. I, I would align with Anthony in, in that regard. I also align with him in terms of, I don't think this ever should have been a federal issue. There, I think one of the points that Justice Alito makes in his 90 
seven or 98 page uh, opinion is that abortions were never a constitutionally protected right. It's not addressed in the Constitution. And therefore, I think the, the to sum it up, it belongs in the purview of the 50 states or the territories. What what those states decide is what those states decide. The federal government, in my opinion, never should have been part of this. <clears throat> and in that regard, Roe v. Wade, and I would agree with, with uh, Alito's opinion here and, and agree with others, that even if you are pro-abortion as a method of birth control, even if you are 100% pro-abortion, that's not the issue here. It is not the issue. The issue is, is it a violation? Is abortion a violation of the Constitution? Justice Alito is saying it never should have been a decision that was made the way it was because this is not a constitutional issue. It's where when issues like this are not specified in the Constitution, where do those issues go? As Anthony has so well articulated, goes to the states, and that's where it belongs. Now, we can agree or disagree with our particular states about what they should do, but the point is it belongs with the states, not with the federal government, at least uh, at least in my opinion. And uh, great calls today, good, good, good thoughts, well, well articulated. Our number here, area code 209-551. Three four eight three. We'll continue the conversations in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk thirteen sixty KFIV. A pastor with passion, a minister with manners. Now back to the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk thirteen sixty KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show again here on Power Talk thirteen sixty KFIV. Our opportunity to be live and local. To make sure your voice is heard as we discuss the issues of the day. Right here on the Mike Douglas Show. Again, thank you so much. Some excellent calls. And, and that's, you set such a high bar for other radio talk shows. You really do. Because your, your thoughts are so well organized. Uh, you think logically. You make your cases well. Uh, you make discussions rationally and reasonably and, and conduct yourselves respectfully. That is, uh, we're blessed here on the Mike Douglas Show to have you as listeners. I want to thank you for that. Just a thought. And uh, our last caller, Anthony, I think it was from Stockton. Am I, am I right? Uh, what <clears throat> What's going on up in Stockton with the... Uh, Gilroy Garlic Festival. Did you hear about this? Yeah, apparently, apparently a promoter that's uh, uh, affiliated with uh, the Asparagus Festival in Stockton thought it would be a good idea since the Gilroy Garlic Festival is not going to happen in Gilroy that uh, it would be a good idea to hold it in in Stockton. So the asparagus people are uh, saying that they're they'll happily revive the Gilroy Garlic Festival after it's been canceled here. But the Gilroy Garlic Festival board of directors said, "Nope, they're no, we're not going to do that." 
they said that they can't do it in 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 uh, in Gilroy because of the uncertainties of the pandemic and some other requirements uh, uh, from the city and such. So, the CEO of the Asparagus Festival, Tony Nosetti, I believe, said we just couldn't let that happen. And Ken Christopher, though, who's the grandson of the Garlic Festival's founder, says no one in his family or on the governing board of the Gilroy Garlic Festival Association is uh, affiliated with this group. And he says uh, we're, we're not supportive of that. So the, 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 the problem here is uh, this promoter <clears throat> in Stockton that apparently is involved with the Asparagus Festival says, hey, well, if Gilroy is not going to do the Gilroy Garlic Festival, we'll do it here in Stockton. And the folks who put on the Gilroy Garlic Festival are saying, no, we, we didn't agree to that. So what do you think, especially those of you from Stockton? By the way, have you been to any of those festivals, the Asparagus Festival, the Garlic Festival? Asparagus Festival in, in uh, Stockton, the Garlic Festival in Gil- Gilroy? Big, big deals. Big deals. So one uh, <clears throat> one side is saying it's a bit like a vulture feeding off a wounded corpse. It's a bit of a parasite. It's a bit of a tick. Wow. The other side saying, listen, we're not here to steal their festival. We're here to help out and keep things alive here. So what do you think, those of you who have been to one of those festivals or from Stockton, do you think they should move the Gilroy Garlic Festival to Stockton. I'm thinking, what what about the car shows that we have in the Modesto area? What about the American uh, graffiti festivals that that we have here? What what if for some reason we we couldn't do it in the summer? And uh, let, let's pick another city besides Stockton. Let's say. Uh, Lodi. <clears throat> Ed from Lodi may like this. Let's say Lodi says, oh, wait a minute. We we think the, the car shows and the American graffiti things are cool. Modesto, and, and they are going to do it. I'm just saying hypothetically, let's say Modesto is not doing it. Well, well, we'll do what normally occurs in Modesto with American graffiti and such. We'll, we'll do it up here in Lodi. How, how would you feel in Modesto about that? Uh, so I, I don't know what, if the people in Gilroy, you know, maybe they have a point. So the people in Stockton, were, were they just, are, are they just being kind in, in terms of, uh, offering this? I don't know. Love to hear from you on that. So we have a, a short bit of time left, 209-551-3483. And if you'd like to email me between shows, you can do that as well. Mike on 1360 at gmail.com. Mike on 1360 at gmail.com. And before we go, as you have probably heard today, the four day work week proposal from Assembly Bill 2932, that's not proceeding, at least for now, through Sacramento. <coughs> four day work week. I have a seven day work week. I had, well, anyway, we can talk about that later. I'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow right here on the Mike Douglas Show, 3 to 5 p.m. on Power Talk 1360.
KFIV. Have a blessed evening. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow.